Pour that coffee. And let's discuss what's going on in Milwaukee, Madison, Washington, and beyond. It's the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. Here's Joe Zapecki and Bill McCaution. Should we talk about the government? Welcome to a very special Monday edition, or at least two-thirds edition, right. of the Political Power Hour. I'm Joe Zapecki. We're missing our quarterback. We're missing our usual quarterback. So this makes this a very, very special hour of the political power hour and i think people are gonna want to tune in for this and stay locked in because we're going to tackle i think probably for most of the hour one of the most controversial topics in american politics today and that's immigration now you know bill and i get a lot of feedback from steve and from the listeners you the listeners about what we're able to do which is have respectful meaningful informative conversations and that's what we're going to try to do this hour on the topic of immigration so to set this up, we've got three sort of big things going on around immigration this week in Washington, last week in Washington, this week. So let's set the table. The first and the newest is that Republicans are introducing this week articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas related to the border. The second is that negotiations between Senate Democrats and Senate Republicans on a immigration bill continue. That is part of what has to happen. There has to be something on immigration for Ukraine funding to happen. We're going to focus on the immigration side of that. And then third, there is an ongoing conflict, dispute, disagreement between the state of Texas and the federal government over the feds having access to the Texas portion of the border in recent weeks or months, uh, Texas authorities uh, rolled out some uh, some razor wire. The feds have asked for access to that razor wire. There was an incident where uh, federal border agents were trying to get access to an emergency situation just on the other side of the razor wire. The fight went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court granted a not an outright rejection of the right. Texas policy, right. but sort of a, a limited win for the feds that the feds should get access to that razor wire. So that that's a lot. Immigration is a fraught topic, and there's always a lot going on. But among those three sort of big-ticket things this week, where should we start, Bill? Let's start with Mayorkas. So this is probably where Republicans hurt themselves the most last fall with changing out Kevin McCarthy. They wasted six weeks on trying to get a new speaker in place and went through all kinds of gymnastics to get there. Eight Republicans sided with all of the Democrats in the House of Representatives to knock McCarthy out. The fall was the time to impeach Mayorkas, not now. I think it looks more political in an election year. I am for this. I think he's derelict in his in his job. He should have been taken out, but it should have been done in the fall. I I, I can't understand how the folks in D.C. The, on the GOP side didn't see this coming. Right? They had all of last spring, all of last summer to prepare to to take this guy out. He, he multiple multiple times he came to the Hill, and if he didn't flat out lie, he was deceitful. And the border is as open as it's ever been. We have no border at this point in time. Taking him out in the fall was the right thing to do. Now I think it gets lost as a political move. So part of what makes it awkward and the timing look more political is at the same time as House Republicans are drafting these articles, you have Secretary Mayorkas in the negotiations 
with yeah. Senate Republicans and Senate Democrats trying to fashion a border bill that nobody has seen. Okay, no right. one other than the negotiators in that room have seen it. But the the belief is the conventional wisdom is that this will be a very tough or far tougher than we've seen border bill. This is not like a comprehensive immigration reform bill. It is not a thing that's going to include like pathway to citizenship for dreamers. Like this is a really a border security bill is what we think based on what we're reading. And so I guess my question to you is like, I feel pretty strongly that there's just no way that even if the house impeaches Mayorkas, that enough Senate Republicans are going to turn around and vote to convict, right? We all got our crash course in impeachments during the right. Trump presidency. You got to get two thirds of the Senate. That means you need 17 Democrats and every single Republican. Can can a Mayorkas impeachment even get every Senate Republican at this point to vote to convict while they're negotiating with him? Well, the question is, can can Mike Johnson, the speaker, get all the Republicans? He'll get no Democrats. It has to get out of the House to get to the trial in the Senate. I think he can probably hold his co- conference on this, uh, but it remains to be seen. But uh, you're again, well, I'm going to go back to PR. You're in, you're a pro in the PR business. This is one where James Langford, uh, GOP senator from Oklahoma, has lost this from the jump. Whatever the details of this bill are, even if they're spectacular from a historical standpoint as it relates to the border, he's blown this because it's been defined by others as being, you know, 1.8 million gotaways are going to continue going forward, that this doesn't actually seal the border, that it doesn't do the things that people hope it would do, uh, and that the president's just using this as an opportunity to get himself out of political hot water. So. Even if Langford negotiated the greatest deal possible, and by the way, I don't think there's any GOP senator that would negotiate a great deal. I, I have very little you know, hope that those guys could negotiate a good deal. I think it is largely the uniparty in D.C., and those guys just want to go along to get along, right? So if, if Langford did something really great here, he's already lost the PR battle to position this thing to have a chance to get it done. Now, There's differences of opinion on this. There are U.S. senators who are saying, hell no, I'm not doing this. Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, has said, we're not doing this in the House. But there are other U.S. senators who say, you know what, we ought to take a look at this. So I think it's critical to see the details. And now we have a difference between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, one of many, right? She's on Meet the Press yesterday, and I thought she had a spectacular performance. I'm not endorsing Nikki Haley. I'm going to vote for the ticket. I want to be very clear about that. Whoever that may our nominee is, I'm going to vote for him. I think they're massively better than Joe Biden. I'm still going to get you off of Donald Trump, but we got a ways to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's pause it there. Right. we got to get to a break. But, yes, we, we should talk about the Lankford of it, the politics of it, the PR of it. There's so much to, to chop up here, including your thoughts uh, listeners, 855-616-1620. Come on back. This is WTMJ Now with a special edition of the Political Power Hour. Welcome back to a special edition of the Political Power Hour. I'm Joe Zapecki. Well done, Charlie. I'm song choice. Well I, done. Let me in. <laughs> I'm a Democrat. I work in Democratic politics. Bill McCoshin is a Republican. His long, long career, long career, oh, many, many years me. more than yeah, my career yeah, yeah. in Republican politics. Yeah, it's a great hair. And we are tackling immigration. I don't know if we can't solve it. I don't know if anybody can. We've got a, a lot to get to. We do. You mentioned before the break 
Senator Lankford of Oklahoma. So he is one of the Republican senators who is negotiating with Senate Democrats and the Secretary of Homeland Security. Lankford is from Oklahoma. And over the weekend, I shared this with you guys. I saw this because it made my head spin. The Oklahoma Republican Party passed a resolution that they are ceasing all support for Senator Lankford right. until he walks away from the negotiating table. To reiterate what we talked about before the break, nobody outside of that room knows what's in the bill at this point. And so what what jumps out to me is like... And yet there he is. It, he's Carcass in the middle of the road. Right. And he's still trying to negotiate. Isn't that his job? Isn't the job of a legislator in the United States Senate to see what is available, to see what kind of progress can be made on an issue that is challenging the country like immigration. And we talk sometimes about like the reward systems in politics, the reward structures. If a Republican senator sits down and tries to negotiate a border security bill in good faith and back home, his politics are wrecked just by having the conversation how are we ever going to get anything done on this? We have to move beyond this. We have to be able to solve big problems. And, again, we don't know the details of this bill. I think we'll know in the next 48 hours. And, and Sometime we'll, this week is kind of what we're, week, we're hearing. Then we'll have a better idea of, you know, did he get a good deal or a bad deal. But from a political standpoint, Joe, he, here's my point. I think the White House needs this most. You sort of have to look at the whole playing field of, who benefits the most from a deal? The White House does, because this is the number one issue against Joe Biden right now, other than his age, is the border. So they benefit the most. So what my advice to Langford or the other negotiators would be, ask for that one hard thing. You can probably get it. I'm a kind of guy, I learned this from Tommy Thompson, if you can move the ball down the field, there are reasons to do that and not delay, right? And I think that was essentially Nikki Haley's argument yesterday on Meet the Press is, Let's see what the details are, but if there's a if there's enough good in there, maybe we can move this forward and then add to it later under a, a Republican White House. So, the the White House needs this to pass, which is why the Trump team wants it to fail. And, and I, you know, I don't know that that's in America's interest. I think we do need to seal that border. I think what's going on with Texas, which we'll get to in the next segment, is proof positive that you, you know this could lead to a civil war if it's not handled correctly. Uh, and, and I don't say that um, in, in you know a way to try and rile up the base, but it, it, I think that's where we're at in America. And so you alluded to it, right? Like, so maybe if you're a Republican, the best outcome is we get something now, and then we deal with the rest of it later. And that leads to one of the challenges I'm having here, which is Republican rhetoric on this issue is this is an existential crisis. It is an absolute you know, impossible solve right now. We have to deal with this on the one hand. And then on the other hand, there are forces like Donald Trump and apparently Speaker Mike Johnson who are saying, we can't, we're not going to deal with this. Nothing is good enough. We're going to wait until Donald Trump is president again. If it's such an existential crisis, can it wait a year to be solved? Like I think Republicans have misplayed this a little bit and it is creating a space where not only is it good politics for Joe Biden to get something done, if nothing gets done, I think Joe Biden and Democrats are going to be able to point the finger back at Republicans and say, hey, not only did you not secure the border when you had Trump in office last time and full Republican control, we also came to the table 
and we're able to give you the strongest border security bill in American history, and you guys chose to play politics, that's a warning sign if you're a Republican strategist. Because you're right, the politics are bad on this for Democrats right now. For sure. And if that's if this is the hinge where either we solve the problem and it's better for Biden, or we you know it just gets better for Biden straight on the politics, you know that's a good day for Joe Biden. And like, listen, to me, we can be cynical and say this is all politics, or we can say this is how politics is supposed to work, right? If we say, well, Joe Biden's got a political problem, so now he wants to deal. That's what's supposed to happen in a representative democracy is the people force you to the table and force you to act, right? So if if I'm advising Team Trump, what I do 48 hours, within 48 hours of the Langford negotiated deal coming public, I go to Eagle Pass, Texas, and I announce what my immigration slash border plan is, and I compare it to what the deal on the table is. And frankly... From an optics standpoint, if I'm him, I say a couple good things about what's in that package, but say mine's better and here's why. If he wants to keep on the offense on this issue, you got to do more than tweet and, you know, post on Truth Social. You got to have a plan. What's the plan? All right. So let's see what Langford came up with. Go to Eagle Pass, Texas and announce it this week. And then we can have a real conversation about this. I think there might be an opportunity to do something maybe minimal, maybe modest, Maybe a little bit better than that now and then do even more next time. And I think it's in Trump's interest to show that he can actually get things done if the Congress is Democratic next year or if it's split like it is right now or if it's all Republican. Right. The chances of it being all Republican should be good based on Biden's numbers, but they're not good right now. So he's got to be able to operate in all environments. And the optics of that, Joe, is you're telling voters I've learned some lessons from the first term. I'm going to be able to get along with the other side. They did a couple good things here, but here's what I would do differently. If I'm advising him, that's what I'm doing. As we think about what we're going to see this week, you know, without you and I don't know the numbers of, you know, but what types of things are you looking for that if in, if in the text of whatever they've negotiated would give you a little more confidence or make you feel like, yeah, maybe this is worth doing? Like, what do you want to see? So I'd rather see no entries for a six-month period of time. As I understand it, the details... Total freeze. Yeah, total total freeze. As I understand it, it it could be up to 5,000 a day before the president can enact that, and that's over a week average. So that's a a 1.8 million more people flowing into the country with nobody understanding what's how we're going to handle all of this. So I I think there ought to be a total freeze for a period of time, uh, similar to what Trump did when he first got into office on the travel ban. Well, the travel ban was never, I mean, that was stopped by the courts, right? We like, and, that, and that's, that's part of what I wrestle with here is I, I, like, I think there's two totally unacceptable realities here in the real world. One reality is zero total shutdown, not going to happen. Whether you declare yourself at a, a, to a border agent or not, like you cannot have a zero policy and you cannot have, I think you can for a period of time. A, Okay, and you can't have what we have now. This is not sustainable, right? Right, and so ask Chicago, ask New York, what, what you ask Denver now. What you need to do is figure out how do you find the the, the same place in the middle. And among the chat, like it is very easy. I know we're we're getting people on the text. I like, shut it all down. No way, no how. There will always be, and I at least I hope, and I think Bill, you agree with me on this. We hope that there will always be. People who want a better life and see America as that better life and make their way here. 
It's the founding principle right. of the country. We want that to be a reality. Yeah. And so what we have to have is structures and systems that balance that and the need for this country to allow people to immigrate, right? That's, yeah. that's how we grow. And that's how you grow an economy is with more people. We got to have immigration to this country. How do we balance that? And like part of the challenge here has been generations of underfunding the courts that process these folks, right? And I know the right likes to say that every asylum claim is just a, a an attempt to work the system. I don't buy that. There are people with legitimate fears fleeing really nasty countries in Central and Latin America who need a better, not just want a better life, they need a better life. And so if we don't have the courts and the judges and the processors in place and the, the infrastructure to do things like, I think one of the things being negotiated is some type of like ankle monitoring bracelet so that if we can't process people through a system immediately, we at least know where they are. Is that the kind of thing that Republicans are willing to have a conversation about? I, you know, it remains to be seen what's in that package. I, I, I think there are folks that want us, you know, to blame Joe Biden for this flat out. The day he became president, January 20th of 2021, he he undid some executive orders with Donald Trump. He, he remained in Mexico. Title 42 eventually went away, uh, which has caused this. And if you go all the way back, here's my advice to listeners. Believe what they say on the campaign trail. Joe Biden said he was for open borders on the campaign trail. Barack Obama said all the things he was going to do that Republicans ended up hating and pro- pretended to be surprised about for the eight years that he was president. Believe what they say on the campaign trail. Joe Biden caused this problem. Joe Biden needs this deal the most, but that doesn't mean that the country doesn't need a solution here. So I'm not, I'm not automatically for waiting until January 21st of next year. Uh, if we can get some some progress this year, that's Bill McCashin. He's a Republican. We, I I thought it would happen, and it sure has. We have poked the bear. That is the WTMJ <laughs> talking text line. Little shade coming Bill's way. A lot of shade coming my way. But we are not deterred. Just like we hope negotiators in Washington D.C. aren't deterred. Let's try to get something done on this issue. We've got a whole other kettle of fish the ongoing dispute between the federal government and the state of Texas to get to after the break on WTMJ Now. Welcome back to WTMJ Now with Bill McCushion. That's me uh, from the right sitting in for Steve Scafidi along with my pal Joe Zapecki from the left. And we're talking immigration and border. And, Joe, we got some textures that are a little fired up about this. Zero entry. Bill is a moron. That's my favorite so far. <laughs> so I didn't know your wife was listening this morning. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there's one for me, too. Uh, what is the Democrat smoking? This guy is out in left field without a lawnmower. All right. I guess we haven't solved it yet, um, but we do have uh, some calls, and I want to bring in uh, Mike here. Uh, Mike, what's on your mind? Thanks for calling. Um, I'm basically disgusted by both parties. Joe Biden is, first of all, to blame, basically, by opening the border. And he's only doing something about it because he's starting to lose political points, as he did with all the riots during 2020. I'm equally disgusted by the Republican Party because, as you guys both have said, this is good for the country to get it done. And just because Donald Trump doesn't like it is one of the worst reasons I could hear to not, you know, get something done on this. And that's all I got to say about it. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate that. I missed the first part. Will you... 
Bill, fill me in on what, the, what was the, the frustration with my side? I heard the frustration with Republicans. Well, that Biden caused it. Right? Got it. And okay. now he's trying to bail himself out, and Republicans you know, are listening too much to Trump and not trying to find a solution. So I, I think between the text and the first caller, and we're going to take others, uh, you're seeing sort of the, the how difficult this can be, right? Where is that sweet spot that everyone can say, okay, it's not perfect, but it's a start? I'll say there's no more challenging issue in American politics today than immigration. Right. There just isn't like health care is complicated. Abortion is complicated. None of them are as complicated as immigration, in my view. Well, one of the textures said, why didn't Trump get this done, you know, in 2017 when he had uh, U.S. A GOP Congress and a GOP Senate? Same could be said about Biden in 2021. He had Democrat uh, House and Senate. And uh, e- even when one party controls everything there, it's a tough issue to solve. I mean, every, sure. every president has tried this, right? Bush tried right. this, failed. Obama tried this, failed. Uh, the last meaningful immigration reform in this country, Ronald Reagan was president. Yeah, you, you need... That's a long time ago. Process-wise, and this gets into the weeds, but you need 60 votes in the Senate for anything to pass. Does the Langford plan have the 60 vote? I'm doubtful of that, but who knows? I mean, Mitch McConnell is, uh, except as it relates to... Uh, judicial appointments, he's sort of part of the uniparty. I, I'm not a huge fan, right? I, and I think he's too old and it's time to move on. I'm I'm not for term limits, but I am for a mandatory retirement age. I think some of these people stay way too long and they lose their connection to regular people back home. I don't want to bring the Ukraine piece of it in, but I, I listen, I'm no fan of Mitch McConnell, right? I think he is actually at the root of a lot of what ails our politics. We won't go back to Merrick Gar- Garland today. I think McConnell wants a deal. There's no doubt. And he doesn't really care about what the deal is because he's trying to get the money for Ukraine, right, which is a conversation for another day. Um, we do have another couple of calls. Uh, I know Peter's been holding for a while. Let's go to Peter from Wapaka. What's on your mind, Peter? Hey, hello. Um, why is it so difficult for Republicans to do the right thing? Uh, over and over again, for 10 years they've been uh, – uh, stopping uh, uh, legislation. Um, they they had a chance to to actually do something under Trump, and they just did stupid stuff. Um, but this is, is uh, a whole issue with the Republican Party that they can't do the right thing when it, when it's time to step up. Um, and their false patriotism gets a little tiring. Well, let's 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 watch the false patriotism thing. We're we're all patriots in this room today. Here's my question to you, Peter: What is the right thing? How do you define what the right thing is here? We've been talking about how complicated this issue is. Uh, it is a complicated issue. We need the people here. Um, we need a, a legal way to to help them, and. What is the reason that's causing them to leave their country? They, the press wants conflict. They don't want you to get information. Uh, it, the, the coverage of this is so incredibly superficial, it's sickening. <laughs> Peter, I agree with that. <laughs> you get no you argument know, here. You can find the information that supports your position pretty easily, and that's what people are doing. They're not, you know, what we need is a true fact set, right? If, you, you can have your own opinion, but not your own set of facts. So it's, I, I agree that that's well, lacking. That's what we have these days, we have two sets of facts. We do. One 
set of facts from the right and one from the left. Uh, um, the middle ground has just gone away. A, a, a big part of this problem is gerrymandering that we've got such crappy legislators. <laughs> well, we're, <laughs> we're going to get to that Speaking later. of other issues, <laughs> yeah. hey, thanks for the call, Peter, from Wapaka. Um, you know, just real quick, any reaction? we got to get to a break, Bill, but we're also going to get to the Texas of it all, Texas v. United States. We may finally have the one issue between Haley and Trump that changes that race, right? If If she sees the details and she's for it, or for it with a couple of modest changes, uh, and he's still against it, then people will have a choice, right? Do they do they agree with him nothing until January of 2021, or do they agree with her, we got to do something about this now? That's so this might be, with three weeks to go until South Carolina, the one issue that gets her some traction. That's Republican Bill McCoshin. I'm Democratic strategist Joe Zepecki. We'll be back with more after the break. Don't ask me why I'm going to Texas. <laughs> Charlie's well done. Welcome back to WTMJ. Now it's Monday, and yes, this is not Steve Scafidi. It's Nor Joseph, am I. No, neither one of us is Steve Scafidi. We've got two thirds of the political power hour chopping it up today. Um, we're still on immigration. I want to thank the the callers, uh, including some we didn't get to, um, and most many of the texters. Not all of the textures. I would say yeah. some of the textures are not attention. embracing the collaborative <laughs> nature and agreeable disagreement that Bill and I have on this. Uh, and if you thought it was sticky before, we're getting into the stickiest of it all. So we teased this at the... Have uh, you seen the latest text from the 920, fill the river with crocodiles? Maybe that's the solution. <laughs> we want to go back to moats and drawbridges? <laughs> Come on, folks. Let's be serious. Um being serious. Yep. So the state of Texas uh, rolled out some razor wire across its portions portion of the border, and federal border agents wanted to get access through that border wire, that razor wire, to aid, assist, respond to. A, they saw a individual floating in the river they thought there was a medical emergency and crisis it turned out there was uh and the state of texas denied those federal agents access through their razor wire that started a legal proceeding that has gone all the way up to the supreme court and the u.s supreme court said to the state of texas you have to let the feds get the access they want in this area the state of texas has said no we're not going to do that. 24, 25 other states with Republican governors yep. have said we stand with Texas. And we're going to be very responsible here and, and talk about this as it is, not in all of the scary ways it might go. But I do think it is fair to say, like, this is a, a hinge moment, a pivot moment, where you have a conflict between the federal government and the states and questions over authority that is potentially very dangerous and very problematic. Am I characterizing this fairly? I'm from the left, you're from the right. I think so. Is there anything you want to add to the context of this before we kind of get into this conversation? So there's some folks on the right that are super concerned about Amy Coney Barrett, being one of the five on the U.S. Supreme Court who voted for this. If, I think if you go through the decision, I haven't read the whole thing, I think the key as it relates to her is providing access in 
times of emergency, not necessarily eliminating the razor wire or eliminating Texas's ability to, to do anything. I think there's a lot more water that will go under this bridge, uh, so to speak, uh, at the U.S. Supreme Court. I am for Texas's right to do what they need to do uh, for their citizens. They have been under siege since January 20th of 2021 when Joe Biden was sworn in. Uh, they've taken a few measures, including busing or flying uh, migrants to New York City, Denver, Chicago. Those cities are now overrun, similar to what uh, South Texas is. Uh, so other Democratic mayors who called themselves sanctuary cities for a period of time are like, holy cow, we need some federal assistance here. Even J.B. Pritzker, uh, the governor of Illinois, is now calling for more federal assistance. So this is a massive political problem for Joe Biden. I don't think there's any question about this. But on the law, Texas, I think, is pretty good shape to to defend themselves, to protect themselves. And you now have 24 other governors, 25 total, including, including Greg Abbott, who are saying, uh-uh, we, this is a states' rights issue, and we should be able to do this our way. And if the federal government isn't going to do anything about this, then we will. The, the U.S. Supreme Court did not say, Texas, you're not allowed to do this. They didn't. Right? I agree with that. What they said was, when the feds ask for access, you got to give it to them. Yeah, it is a Supreme Court. By the way, that gets lost on my it, side sometimes, right? And so, and that's and what I want to get to here is like, states cannot just decide that the Supreme Court doesn't affect them. Right? At some point, you have to say, Governor, Governors, the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled on this, and again. This is a pretty narrowly defined decision saying in an emergency, when the federal government requests access to that part of the border, you have to give it to them because for generations, the federal government has been viewed as paramount or have you know, has primacy on issues of immigration and the border. Why is Abbott and these other Republican governors turning it all the way up to 11 on such a narrow ruling, is this all about the domestic political considerations? Like, is this what's happened to the base of the Republican Party, that they just have to be viewed as, like, whatever the feds say we are against? Because if that's the reality, somebody's got to walk them back from the ledge here, in my view, because you can't have state officials, Texas Rangers or whoever the heck it is down there on the border, saying to the feds, we don't care. We don't recognize the legal authority of what the U.S. Supreme Court decided. Down that road, trouble lies. I think this is potentially dangerous. We talked about this a little bit in a previous segment. And and the best way to de-escalate this is for the Biden White House, for the president himself, to ask Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, to come to the White House. Let's talk about this. Let's have a conversation about this, right, and see if they can't find an accommodation it would look strong on Biden's part rather than weak. I think the Democrats, including the White House, have a lot to do with dialing up the temperature on this thing. When they talked about federalizing the National Guard of all of those states, that would be a disaster. I believe Customs and Border Patrol is on the side of Texas. I don't think they would fight for the federal government uh, on this particular policy. But, I mean, that just shows the nonsense of where we're at as a country. I mean, why can't the president sit down with Greg Abbott and have a discussion about this and see if there isn't something that they could agree on. Maybe there's nothing, but at least attempt it. That's leadership. Bill, you and I both know there is, there actually is a lot they could agree on. 
Like, I, I think the, the biggest secret in American politics is there are more Republicans and Democrats who understand that they agree on a lot of things. Yeah. It, but the reward structures are set up that 99% of the conversation has to be about the 1% to 5% of things that we disagree on. And the, we're now seeing with this potential you know, flashpoint between states and the federal government what the outcomes of the, this broken politics that we have like it, it's uh, i'm concerned i, I don't too. think i don't think we need to federalize any national guard troops right now but there does need to be a meeting of the minds whether that's a summit at the white house right. where you bring you know the, the president has powers to sign laws and veto laws yeah. but he also has a really strong convening power and you know what if barack obama can have a beer summit with a cop and right. a black professor from harvard Joe Biden can bring J.B. Pritzker Texas, and Greg Abbott. New Mexico and Arizona, they're coming. Flat out, they're coming. Exactly. And so I, I think part of the calculus here is going to be how do those governors and how does that conversation about what's happening at the border right now impact these negotiations on Capitol Hill? And do you bring Secretary Mayorkas to that meeting no. with three governors who are probably urging their home state senators to toss this guy out of here? Yeah. I don't think he do. I think he's in a in a in a place where he can't be re- resurrected. Uh, whether or not they impeach him in the House remains to be seen. I think they can probably get the votes again. I'll repeat. I think the timing's wrong. It should have happened last fall, not now. We are now into election season, and they ought to be focused on the future, not the past. But that's where we are. I've been posing tough questions to you. You got any for me? So turnabout's fair. Why play here. isn't Biden more engaged in this? Why he he could do some of this? You and I have had this conversation offline, right? I believe there's a lot he could do from executive standpoint today. He doesn't necessarily need that full bill. He might need pieces of that bill, but there are things he can do from an executive standpoint that Donald Trump did. Why doesn't he just do the basics here? I think his argument would be, and and what I believe to be true, is that they have used the increases in border funding and the number of border agents that have grown, and they are looking at the numbers and the data, and they are saying, we are encountering you know, more immigrants at the border than happened during the Trump administration. Because he asked for them to come. And that means that, right, if there's a record of folks coming, if there are interactions with them, it means the border isn't open, right? We're intercepting folks. And then the question becomes, what do you do with them, right? It's catch and release. And so, and that is, we think, and it's been reported, part of the negotiation. Can we get to a place where under the laws of this country, because right now the laws of this country say if you declare you know, for political asylum, you have a process that you have to go through. They're trying to amend that and get to a place where I don't, I don't know if it was the remain in Mexico one. Yep. But like Democrats, I believe, have already said they're open to for the first time ever saying even if you file for asylum during your interaction with the border patrol or border agents, that they will try to work a process to get you back to your country of origin until such time as we can process those claims. And so part of that has to be we've upped the number of border agents and spending on border security, and there's been troops at the border for you know a while now, and it can't all just be on that guys with guns side. It also has to be on the court side, on the processing, to try to figure out how many of these claims are valid, right? It should not be the policy of the United States to when an immigrant who wants to work hard and live the American dream and is fleeing persecution in their home country, our our answer should not be reflexively, no way, no how, we ain't going to have you. That's not who we are. It's never who we've been. And so I think what the Biden administration is trying to do is 
how do we balance the enforcement with an actual process that allows these folks to follow the rules. If we need to change some rules, let's change them. So I think he's doing some of the things. That That's my answer. Where you and I will disagree is I don't believe Biden will get credit. If this thing falls apart, and it looks like it may because the House GOP has said they're not going to do it, if Donald Trump goes to Eagle Pass and as part of his agenda, he talks about what Biden can do today, I think that's going to be very hard for Biden to overcome. I, if I'm them, listen, your wife's worked in an administration. I've worked in an administration. The executive has way more power than the legislature. They just do. And and they have way more tools and they have the bully pulpit. If they wanted to fix his number one problem outside of his age, they would do something more pro- aggressive. You know, and I know that Donald Trump doesn't have that club in his bag. <laughs> Donald Trump cannot sit here and say, these are the policies that I would change. This is what I would prescribe. This is what I would do if I was president. What he's going to go out there and do is vilify and demonize and divide people by promising the largest deportation roundup in American history. Right? Like, that's the rhetoric that we get from him. And so, like, that's the other challenge that I have is I think Biden also understands tactically that the more he weighs in early, not just on immigration, but on a lot of these, he has to sort of be, like, strategically apart or he will ruin the negotiations just by virtue of being in them. No, I get that. Right? And so use him at he's right got to pick his moment, and his moment is almost always, like, way at the end. The role for Joe Biden to play here, probably, and I'm putting on my, my looking glass here, my prediction is that whatever deal gets struck is going to be harder for Democrats to swallow on Capitol Hill than Republicans. I think, I think right. it's going to be that tough a border security bill. And the job of Joe Biden is going to be to whip Democrats into voting for this and saying this has to happen. That's his role on the politics of this. Well, he's probably going to need 30 Democratic senators, don't you think? I mean, you got to get to 60. Can he get 30 and 30? Maybe. I don't know if there are 30 Republicans who would vote for this. I think it's probably closer to If he to gets that 10. done, he is the second coming of Lyndon, ba- Lyndon Baines Johnson. Right, which means he's got to get almost all the Democrats in the Senate. So we either something's going on that we don't know. And by the way, there are no mysteries in politics, only facts you do not have. <laughs> and that's where I think we're at right now. And we'll see in a couple of days what's in the Langford plan. And by the way, the advice I gave Donald Trump, I would give to Nikki Haley. If you want to scoop Trump, go to Eagle Pass first. He's Announce your with, plan. He's good with a turn of phrase. He's Bill McCoshin. I'm Joe Zapecki. More WTMJ now after this. Welcome back to the Political Power Hour special edition with only two-thirds of the usual crew. And we're getting some feedback, Bill. We got a little text from the 920. You guys do better without Steve. Oh, they said it, not us. I hope he's not listening, Uncle Steve. Uh, (laughs) We miss you, Steve. We do miss him. We'll be back on Friday with him, and it'll be a better conversation. Before the uh, hour ends here, three three quick questions just to kind of wrap this up. Question number one. Does Secretary Mayorkas get impeached and removed in the coming weeks? Yes, no. So he gets impeached in the House. Yes. They don't remove him in the Senate. Correct. I agree with that. Question two. Does an immigration bill, border security bill of any kind, whatever's in it, can the two sides get to yes on something this Congress, meaning before November in the election? My gut wants to say no, uh, because I don't think there are enough adults in D.C. to do it. Um, but it, Biden needs it so badly, I think he'll be willing to give. So I, I'm a wait and see on that. Given the bipartisan wins, CHIPS Act, bipartisan infrastructure law, it's kind of like the Patrick Mahomes theory, right? <laughs> if he's on a streak, can you bet against the guy? Uh, if anybody can figure it out, I think Biden can. I hope he does. Third question. 
Can the great state of Texas and the United States of America, the federal government, solve this, you know, spat that we're having and come to an agreement and an understanding without any escalation of tensions? They have to. They got to dial down the rhetoric on both sides. They got to have a meeting of the minds, uh, see if they can find some common ground. It may not be completely common ground, but at least dial this thing down so that people understand what the pathway forward is. Amen. I hope you're right. I think you're right. And that wraps up the second hour of the special Bill and Joe Monday edition of WTMJ Now.